Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BedfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Teddy Barneycastle began singing music, gospel in fact, in a church by the time he was five years old. When Teddy turned 20, he and his mother attended an Osborne Brothers show, and he was hooked. After years of being a rock and roller, it was all bluegrass. After several stints in other bands, he helped form the band he is now part of called The Goodfellers, featuring multiple charting songs over the last several months. Teddy joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his band and their new music. Hi, Teddy. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Uh, Glad to be on board with you today. Yeah, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to chat with us and uh let us learn a bit learn a little bit more about what you uh what you're up to with your music um i think you said that you are in north carolina yes sir yes sir based out of north carolina yes sir is that home been home uh it's it's been it's it's home yeah but we um when i say we we uh i talk about my family and i uh we've lived uh we lived in texas for a a few years okay uh and done a lot of music in Texas while we were there, and uh, came back to North Carolina. And it's kind of odd where I'm located in North Carolina. I'm in Stokes County, but we we border the edge of Virginia, Patrick County. Oh yeah, and sure. So all the Floyd County, Patrick County, uh, Bukus of music, and oh yeah, in this area, uh, the three counties that border each other in Virginia and north carolina uh the six counties collectively uh have produced a ton of musicians for sure yeah wow that's cool yeah you're right it's interesting i didn't um put two and two together or in this case three and three and realize that those those (laughs) six counties but you're right thinking about where they are geographically there's, there's a ton of ton of people that have um uh been come along um long before us that have produced a lot of music out of that part of the country absolutely and the beauty of the growth of the music in uh the floyd county patrick county um the beauty of that is uh floyd fest Mm -hmm. uh, obviously Mm -hmm. walk uh, 
front porch fest this weekend, which we will be playing Sunday. So yeah, that's cool. a plug. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the beauty of it is who could have planned, uh, those festivals being in our back door yeah. and being as big as, as they become. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's something much bigger than I am that, that designed that. I mean, it's cause it's just, uh, when you sit back and look at it and think about it, it's like, hmm, uh, that's kind of odd. Yeah. It would. Yeah. I, I imagine somebody has, has done a study or written a book somewhere about that. Um, cause obviously, uh, Bristol's not that far away. Uh, and, and, you know, that's considered the birthplace. So, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's a funnel through those counties, um, to, to get to the beginning of all of this in one way or another. Yes. I'd say if you follow, you just follow the Appalachian trail and just kind of follow left to right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it for sure. Tells the story. Yeah. So you uh, did you grow up playing music? Did you grow up in a musical family? Uh, I did grow up in a musical family. Um, my uh, as far back as my great grandfather, uh, my grandfather played. Uh, his cousins, uh, which were or still is, uh, my grandfather's passed on now, but. Uh, he was uh, distant cousins with the Easter brothers. He was an Easter. So, yes, music oh, yeah. has always been a huge part. Uh, my first real uh, taste of it, I guess, uh, that I can remember, my mom and my oldest sister and one of my aunts had a gospel trio, and we traveled to uh, churches all around the area. And more than one time, uh, as the five-year-old with the old tape recorder with the red button you had to put. <laughs> yeah. my age now. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> more than one time I fell asleep on the front, uh, on the front pew of a church with that recording, uh, my mom and sister and aunt. Hmm. Uh, but I, I wish I could, I wish I knew where they, they were at. I would love to be able to go back and hear them. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, music has always been a big part of my life. And uh, I, I think reading through some uh, the press notes, uh, like a lot of uh, young boys uh, in the high school ages, you kind of took a side trail into some rock and roll music. Oh, yeah. Uh, when that was what really got me, uh, you know, into music to begin with. I mean, I knew bluegrass, but I didn't know a whole lot about bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And I came up, my mom playing uh Carter family records and and um some Osborne brother records and there were some guys around uh locally that were uh pretty well known done uh several tours with uh Lester Flat uh called mm. the Boyd brothers mm-hmm. they would come over to the house when I was a kid and they would they would play but my introduction into music was truly uh uh rock music uh and you know i I figured out that i could sing by the time i was i knew i was i could stay on pitch at five and six years old singing those notes and then by the time i got 14 or 15 um i had really gotten into listening to the variations Mm. of voices and rock music and 
a good friend of mine, um, uh, never forget it. I walked into his room and his, his parent, uh, his, he lived with his grandparents and they were real hardcore bluegrassers. And he put this album on and it was a band called Quicksilver. Hmm. And when I, when I heard the harmony parts, a light bulb went off. Yeah. And, but I didn't recognize it right away. Yeah. So I knew the harmonies were the essential part of, of the music. I'm starting to pick up on all these things now and piecing the puzzle together mm-hmm. in my head as, and played in, uh, rock bands and the first ironically enough the first rock band uh, i ever played in uh which was 35 years ago uh we actually got the three that's left um we actually got together last year and played for the first time in 30 some years oh, it was wow. a blast. wow that's it, cool yeah it was it was and you know part of that was challenging myself a little bit i was I was wanting to see where I was at vocally uh-huh. um, in reference to what the music was when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And I think I did okay yeah. uh, for the most part. <laughs> I, mean, I, I yeah. think I did all right. That's cool. Yeah, it's definitely a different style of music. I, I think that's probably why uh, the, the bluegrass singers last a lot longer than the rock and roll singers. It's not near as straining on the voice. It, it, the the regiments of it no uh and you get to you know bluegrassers they're they'll throw an instrumental in or you'll have another lead vocalist that has the capability of giving the front man a a, a break mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. where where they can rest and otherwise uh, you know um vocalists in bluegrass especially the the high tenor guys um uh, you know, they probably blow it out, you know, within a, an hour and a half if they had to do right. all of it all the time. Right. But even still, my favorite vocalist by far in bluegrass music is still, uh, they're so powerful and, and it's just, it, it blows my mind how strong their voices are as they've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those, my, one of my favorites is obviously John Cowan, and mm, yeah, when sure. see, Newgrass Revival gave me the the right and told me that it was okay to infuse uh, all my creation, all my musical influences. It was okay to to do it with bluegrass instruments, uh, I and mean, they gave me cool. the right of passage. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What got you into bluegrass initially? How how did that? How did you switch from rock and roll music into the bluegrass genre? You just gave me cold chills when you asked that because uh, I still get cold chills when I think about it. Hmm. Um, I was still doing uh, heavy metal music and trying to be a good a good kid. And when I wasn't out on you know gigging, not out on the town mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just leave it in that regard uh-huh. <laughs> and my mom um my mom and my pop have been uh big bluegrass fans uh i mean as long as i can remember 
And they used to do a lot of festivals and a lot of shows. And, and mom called and asked me um, if I wanted to go see uh, a band called the Osborne Brothers. Hmm. And it didn't register with me. And I, and I asked mom, I was like, are you talking about like Sonny and Marie? <laughs> There's no son. It's the Osborne Brothers Rocky Top. And right. then it clicked. And I was like, oh. And me being interested in music in general, I was like, yeah, I'll go. And we walked into uh, a schoolhouse not far from where I live. And uh, here a kid is. He's got earrings in his ears and his long hair, and he looks completely out of place. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I didn't realize that I had found my place. When, when I seen um, those guys come out, and right out of the gate, I, I knew who Terry Smith was who was playing the bass. Because at the time, he and his brother uh, had a song on CMT called, uh, I think the song title was Blue Stay Away From Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I recognized him, and I thought, well, what's this country dude doing with this bluegrass band? And then when I heard the, you know, started wrapping my brain around what was taking place right before my eyes with so little, uh, you know, equipment. And the 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 sound filled the room, and it was just like I had this epiphany, I, like mm. I had found my calling. Mm. Wow! And man, when the intermission came, I jumped up out of my seat and I took off out into the hallways because I'd watched where Terry Smith and Terry Elbridge went. Uh, <laughs> Terry Elbridge was playing. Yeah. And both of those guys stood in the hallway with me for, you know, their whole break. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. Terry Smith was standing up and Terry Eldridge was sitting down uh, on the concrete floor. And I just stood there. I know I look like some kind of idiot. I'm bound to because, I mean, it was like somebody who had just found, who had just gotten a new toy. Uh-huh. And they wanted to open it up, but they didn't know how to make it work. Wow. They needed some help. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And ironically enough... Terry Edwards and I be, have become extremely good friends. I mean, wow. that, he's my brother. Wow, uh, that's really cool. That is the coolest thing about bluegrass music. Is yep. all my heroes, nearly all my heroes, I mean, I'm either somewhat acquainted with them, or I'm friends with them enough that I can pick the phone up and call. Yeah, those guys, and that is the best part of this music right uh is that camaraderie yeah well and that and and the musicians are accessible to the fans and that was the thing that really impressed me about when i discovered bluegrass music 20 years ago is how accessible you know the 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 guys that were on stage killing it with the hits would get off stage and spend an hour and a half just shaking hands and signing autographs with their fans like like they were neighbors so yeah that's very very important integral piece i think to keeping this music alive absolutely and i and i i hope um i hope that part of this music i know from my standpoint um i would i would try my best never to let that happen Mm -hmm. uh you know because at the end of the day what we do uh it it's about those people yeah it's about sure. taking your your 
art. And it's about giving it away. I mean, you're giving it, in a sense, you're giving it away. You're sharing it somebody. for sure, yeah. yeah. Sharing, absolutely. That's a better word, sharing it. And we got to, you know, remember that whatever we do in this life, regardless of what job title we have or what product we're selling or, or what ditch line we may be in, or I, I don't know, pick any business, but it all relates back to human relationships. Sure, absolutely. And yeah. that is what this music, more than anything else that I see, bluegrass music, uh, is there is a connection not only with the music itself, but also the relationship between the fans and the artist. Mm -hmm. And it, it always intrigues me to see my heroes talk about how their heroes influenced them and see that childlike sparkle. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds tongue in cheek, but see that, that childlike sparkle in their eyes. Yeah. And you, you see it in them that they feel the same thing that you're feeling about who they are. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the beauty of, of all of this, most, most of all of these musicians have so much humility about them mm -hmm. that it's, you, you almost wonder, it's like, are they being for real? Are they being for real? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, it, you know, sports and other genres of music, it's, it's really hard to get close to the, to the people you idolize, you know, from a distance, it, it's really hard to reach out and touch them. But you, you don't have any problem doing that in the bluegrass world. Uh, no, no they, the artists welcome it, which is very encouraging, and I think that's probably what helps keep the music alive. Absolutely, absolutely. So you you were inspired clearly by that moment, and then uh, stepped out into the bluegrass world and uh, had a couple different bands uh, until you got to the to the iteration that you're in now, which is um, the Goodfellers. When did that start? Uh, Goodfellers? Um, actually, when I came back home, my family and I came back home from Texas, uh, Ralph McGee, um, he and I had started playing together in 94. And uh, Ralph was, you know, he had a lot of ideas like I did. And, and, we didn't live that far apart. And so, you know, I needed him. He needed me. And that mm -hmm. worked out. And, and he come to find out that both of us shared a common thread with, uh, you know, kind of this, you know, our appetite for music. And what's really odd about it is we didn't realize that we were going up the road one day to, uh, we were going out towards Tennessee to do a show and uh, Ralph's brother Rex had tagged along with us to do the show, and he was looking up because Ralph, Ralph and Rex's mom was an was an Easter, and my mother was an Easter. Oh wow, cool! And they all came from the same region. And come to find out that uh, we were like fourth cousins. Oh wow, that's cool. And we'd been together for a number of years, and we never put it all together. So. Anyway, to answer that question, uh, how Goodfellers came to be was we were we had started doing uh, corporate shows, and I'll name drop just to kind of give you a general idea. Uh -huh. Like we did a show for IBM at, 
at the Masters in Georgia. Okay. I mean, high level, uh-huh. uh, high high level corporate private functions. I mean, and and they they paid really well. Uh-huh. But there's an issue with that. Uh, you know, most corporate shows, you're you're not much more than a prop. You're right. you're just background noise. And for a musician, uh, some musicians would be content with that. But for a musician that 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 wants to really share what he or she's doing, money will never satisfy that. Right. Money. Right. There is a there's something ticking in in that individual that makes them want the to get the music out because they feel like they've got something to share. Well, at the end of 2018, I had gotten to the point that I was, you know, I didn't want to do the corporate stuff anymore. I, my time clock was ticking and I was ready and I was going to go do something on my own or whatever. And we booked our first festival and we were riding up the road and I, was, I somebody asked uh, how we were going to, what our band name was. And we we didn't have a thing. <laughs> and I just, I just threw it out there. I mean, it was a dumb idea. It was a dumb idea, but I just said, let's just call ourselves the Goodfellas because we're always taking lines from the movie Goodfellas uh-huh. and saying them to each other going down the road to pass the time. I mean, right. it's just, if you travel with musicians, you better find a way to, to laugh, oh, yeah. joke, yeah. carry on. But, so, um, you guys have a, a new album out fairly recently or on the way? Uh, we we have an album out that we released um, right after uh, COVID hit full blast. And we didn't see each other for about five or six months when uh, in 2020. We played two shows and we had recorded one song. We'd been in the studio. Uh, we had tracks laid. And when COVID hit, uh, we had some really great stuff lined up for 2020. I had some personal stuff lined up for 2020 that was huge. Mm-hmm. And everything come to a halt. We didn't see each other five or six months. Uh, when the smoke kind of started clearing, uh, I talked with Wes Easter at Eastwood Studios. And... He was good with going back in, and so we hadn't been writing, and we wanted to get something out, and Ralph and I talked about doing an album of our favorite songs, regardless of what genre of music, and just doing an album cover tunes. Yeah, okay. And that's what we that's what we done, and uh, you know, it got something out there, but it it it. It was a good move for us at the time. Yeah. Uh, two songs off of it went to number one. Uh, the rendition of uh, the Bee Gees to Love Somebody stayed uh-huh. on um, Bluegrass Today chart top six. Uh, it was several months. It went back to number one. It was number one four times on Bluegrass Today's chart. Um, and then... Uh, we've done a rendition of Hal Ketchum's uh, song, I Know Where Love Lives. Uh-huh. 
I invited Pat Flynn and John Cowan to do a cameo on it, and they graciously said yes. And that was a bucket list thing as well as, you know, this would be a cool idea kind of thing. Sure, yeah. And that experience alone was, uh, I, I could never put a price tag yeah. on, on that. Because uh, it was it was very, 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 very special. Uh, it was just amazing to see those guys work. But, um, yes, we this album is out, and... Um, we the rendition of the YouTube song uh, "Where the Streets Have No Name" uh, debuted at number two. We were two spins away from it being number one. That's cool. It is cool, and you know, I knew that going into this, you know, it was all covers, and I didn't have any reservations about it because if you're going to do a cover. Uh, you don't want to take away from the cover. Uh, you want to put your own sure, your own spin on it, and complement the cover. Uh, and I think I think we did that very well with um, to love somebody. I'm just glad that that we had already had it recorded before. I heard Keith Urban do his version of <laughs> To Love Somebody Live. Right, know? right. <laughs> it got so ingrained in my brain that I thought, man, I'm glad I didn't hear it. Otherwise, I would have never done what I'd done yeah. uh, on the on that song. And then it wouldn't have been mine. It would right, have been sure. me doing a version of Keith Urban doing a version of BG. Right, so. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. So where can folks... Uh, hear the new album reach out to you guys find your schedule all that kind of good stuff uh, uh we have a website good goodfellersband.com um and uh you can find the music uh, you can find music there uh anywhere that is streaming music uh you can find the good fellers good. um you just have to Make sure you punch in the ERS and not the AS, because oftentimes folks are like, I can't find it. I said, well, that's because it's ERS. We're so Yeah, we right. Fellas, we say fellers. As, as in F-E-L-L-E-R-S, good fellers. Yes, yes. right, good yeah. fellers. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of tongue-in-cheek kind sure. of thing. yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I but, assume that they can um, track your name, uh, Teddy um Barncastle, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep, you Google my name, and right now there's a single out that I've done with um, uh, our young guitar player. He and I put a single out called Teddy Barncastle and Kaiser George. Um, Kaiser is 17 and just an unbelievable guitar player. Unbelievable, he's an unbelievable musician at 17. I mean, he's just crazy good and. We done uh, a version of the Austin Brothers listening to the rain. Okay, and yeah, great song. I listened to it uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, our version or the your version? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, well thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's a. It was a really fun project, and and it, it initially was not intended to be released. But when when Kaiser laid his tracks down, he was not quite fifteen yet. Wow. That's cool. Or I'm sorry, not quite 16 yet. And, you know, he looks at me and says, hey, man, I, 
you know, we're not going to release it. I said, well, not, not on the, the Goodfellas album. I said, but uh, if you want to release it, we'll, we'll just do it as a duet. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'm not going to say no to to Kaiser. Yeah. I mean, sure. my, my responsibility is to, to do everything in my power, what little power I have to promote this kid to be who he wants to be yeah and yeah so that's that's what i do unapologetically <laughs> <laughs> that's cool well i appreciate the you taking the time to talk to us teddy and uh and enjoyed hearing these stories i always enjoy hearing the stories of how these things came to be so we i appreciate it and certainly wish you guys well with the new record continue thanks so much and, and we appreciate uh it's an honor for us to uh, to even be recognized by anybody that, that wants to hear anything about this band. I mean, we're, we're just so humbled to be, and, and, and I mean that with all sincerity. We're very yeah, humbled cool. to, to get anything, uh, any kind of notoriety in music. So thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.